You're listening to a podcast edition of Closer to Truth. For more information about this series, visit our website, closertotruth.com. I'm in awe of the cosmos and I wonder about God. Science and theology is a lifelong passion. Though I've made scant progress in finding ultimate answers, I still thrill in asking ultimate questions. I'm a scientist by education. I have many friends who are scientists and one observation intrigues me. Scientists disagree on whether the cosmos confirms or denies the existence of God. Though many physicists, astronomers, cosmologists do not believe in God, some do believe in God, more than a few. Why the stark division? Divided not only in what they believe, but in how they interpret the evidence. Consider the same evidence. A cosmos of order or disorder. A cosmos life-friendly or life-hostile a cosmos of meaning or no meaning, with the same evidence. That's why I ask, is the cosmos theologically ambiguous? I'm Robert Lawrence Kuhn, and Closer to Truth is my journey to find out. I've come to Banff, Canada, not because I love the Rockies, though I do, the mountains are magnificent, but because of the Foundational Questions Institute, FQXI, a biennial gathering of quantum physicists and cosmologists who explore the frontiers of science and who challenge conventional wisdom. It's here I'll try out my theory that the evidence of the cosmos appears theologically ambiguous. There are about a hundred scientists here. Not many believe in God. I want to start with one of the few who does believe, a professor of nanomaterials and quantum technologies at Oxford, Andrew Briggs. Andrew, you and I have friends who are scientists who believe in God and friends who are scientists who do not believe in God. Both groups feel passionate that when you look at the evidence, the universe, it obviously conforms to the view that I have. Either it, there is a God or there's no God. How can that be? When we were kids at school learning maths, uh, we had a brilliant maths teacher who would never allow us to use the word obviously. <laughs> if ever we said it obviously follows that, he quickly detected that it meant we couldn't see how to do it. <laughs> so I'm very wary of uh, anyone who says obviously. I deduce that you're not going to work this out by looking at scientific data alone, and you're not going to work it out by looking at the natural world alone. But I think that uh, most people either choose not to have a relationship with God or to come into a relationship with God for other reasons. Maybe one or two of them are driven by scientific considerations, but not very many. So I find it actually much more fruitful to say, once you've decided on other grounds, which way you're going to live your life and who you're going to follow, what then are the consequences of what you learn about science? 
For the person who knows God, science can hugely enrich their relationship because such a person is discovering how someone who he knows does things and makes the world work. If you look at the history, certainly many famous scientists believed in God, but as time has gone on, frankly, fewer and fewer do. And indeed, if you look back at Isaac Newton, who was certainly one of the greatest scientists of all time, he had some very peculiar approaches to God and that yeah. we would not think yes. is particularly worth spending a lot of time on. Yes. So the argument is, is that over time that there is this weaning away from this religious thinking and that people today who don't believe in God, they're not choosing not to believe in God. Mm -hmm. They just don't see any evidence from their life or world to do so. It's not their choice. I do think you have a choice, actually. Uh, and I think some of my contemporaries do make a conscious choice not to believe in God. I think that we each of us make choices on the basis of the evidence available to us. I, I don't agree either with what you said about uh, a trend. You're quite right that Isaac Newton was a very complex person. It was undoubtedly science that was religiously motivated, albeit, as you say, in a somewhat idiosyncratic way. But there have been plenty of scientists since then um, who have uh, done brilliant science, who have had a much more uh, orthodox Christian faith. One might think of James Clark M Maxwell. So, um, uh, although you know, the proportions and the percentages may be changing. Uh, you simply can't say that there are no good scientists who believe in God. What does that say to you about the God that you believe in, that the universe that that God created, the one that you believe in, is such that many scientists can, can look at that and say that that's evidence that there is no God? What it says about God is that he is love and that he loves, and it is a property of love that it risks being rejected. Otherwise, it's not love. So it tells me about God that he loves with a love, the only kind of love there is, that risks being rejected, and in some cases it is. Andrew is one physicist who believes in God, but I know others, so at least some physicists line up with God. Does this mean that science alone cannot decide God's existence? That the evidence of science, the method and data of science cannot distinguish, cannot adjudicate between God and no God? What's the alternative? That some scientists choose to believe in God irrespective of evidence? How could that make sense? These are smart, sophisticated thinkers. If the evidence against God was overwhelming and unambiguous, I doubt they could believe in God. I don't see that believing in God is clearly a matter of choice. Speaking personally, my choice, as it were, is to believe in God. But I'm far from certain that God exists, so I cannot confess to believing in God. But that's not because I choose not to believe. Most physicists, including a large majority here at this FQXI conference, do not believe in God. I'd like to hear explicitly why, from someone who takes the topic seriously. I speak with an expert on quantum gravity willing to tackle issues in science and theology, Carlo Rovelli. Carlo, there are some physicists who believe in God. 
and there are many physicists who do not. If we were imagining a court case and either one was prosecuting for their side, they would call into evidence, uh, uh, Exhibit A is the universe. The atheist would say, if there were no God, the universe would be exactly the way it is, chaotic and random and very... The theist would say, if there were a God, the universe would be exactly the way it's structured, beautiful, awesome, anthropic to give rise to life, etc. So how could the universe be the evidence for both theism and atheism? So you say the universe is uh, uh, religiously ambiguous. That's what I think. I think setting the question in terms of giving evidence for something, uh, like in a court of judge, I mean, I defend this, uh, it's a wrong story. It has always been the wrong story, because I think that uh, uh, whatever people believe by believing in God has nothing to do with evidence. It has to do with something internal. It has oh. to do with themselves. I think the universe can be read in all sorts of ways. I mean, I think a, a, a Hinduist sees evidence of the existence of many gods in the universe. Uh, a Muslim says uh, evidence in, uh, in a super powerful single, certainly not trinitary, uh, God, a Christian says, uh, sees evidence of his own God, and an atheist sees uh, a total evidence of uh, the non-existence oh, of God. I, I... Let me tell you what I read in the... <laughs> uh, I, I, I was too polite to ask. Um, first of all, I wouldn't go around to people who believe in God telling them I don't believe in God. You have to believe me because of this and this evidence. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have my own way of things, and I'm happy with that, which come from my education, from what I learned, from what I know, and how I see. I'm an atheist, and what makes me atheist is not an argument for non-existence of God. I have my own understanding of God, which is what humans came up with for their own reasons. Yeah, I, I personally would differentiate between religion and, and God because religion is a very sociological, organizational, cultural, so many complexities to religion. The question of, of God in whatever form is a question of, uh, about the uh, most fundamental underlying fact of reality. That's what I'm looking to, to talk about. I'm not talking about the different, uh, different expressions of human religion. Probably what seems to you a, uh, uh, something independent of the specific cultural realization of, of religion, what seems to you a central, maybe common or fundamental, it's, it maybe it's your own particular culture and your particular uh, view of the world. Sure. So there's a possible perspective on the universe uh, which is shared by people like me and others, which is uh, any attempt to say beyond what we understand about nature there is something else, uh, is just an, a non-explanation. Non it's just giving names to our non-understanding. I think that uh, my own perspective is that whether we don't know, we don't know. Where there's a mystery, there's a mystery. Where we, we don't have an answer, there's no answer. There's no need to fill it with something else. So uh, my own way of being an atheist is not a claim that I know better. It's a acceptance that I don't know, which is a very different thing. And when people talk to me about God, I say, well, what do you know? Do you yeah. really know more about But is, the, is that atheistic or is that agnostic? Oh, it's definitely atheistic because I have an... No, but, but then you're, you're atheistic, you're saying that I know there is no God because I understand the physical world or whatever your argument is. If you say that there's mysteries and I don't know, 
you may think I think it's highly unlikely there's a God or something like God, but you, you can't say there's no God. You can't be. A, well, from my if, if you I don't, don't know, you can't be an atheist. I think you're contradicting yourself a little bit. No, because as an explanation of the thing that I don't know, I don't find anything meaningful in this. That's, so that's if, the definition if, of agnosticism. No, because this is standard argument. I mean, are you agnosticism as the possibility of existence of, you know, red dinosaurs on, on Mars. No, and I'm, I'm, an, I'm an atheist about that. You're an atheist about that. Yeah. So I'm an atheist in the same sense with respect. I mean, I, everything which I've heard about, look, there is a possible way of understanding beyond, uh, it makes no sense whatever to me. Mm. It makes sense to me when people say, look, I, in my own life, I talk to God. It's meaningful, it gives sense to me. Mm. That I understand. But if you understand that, you understand it in a patronizing way. No, I understand you're, it in you're a patron, respectful you're, you're way. You're patronizing. You're saying that person is saying that thing, but it's clearly wrong. But if they want to do it, I'll let them do it. Why wrong? I mean, I have friends who don't never tell me, we, I understand the world better with you because I believe there is a God who created. I have friends who tell me I talk to God. That's God I... I, I, I have nothing to say with it, God. I mean, that's fine. Well, but they don't but, but, tell but, but, me this is an explanation of the world. They don't think about that. But, you but, think about that, but, but not but, them. But you do not think they're talking about God, talking to God, because you don't believe there is a God. No, they're talking to something which they call God, and I can call God with them. There's nothing wrong in that. I, I talk to trees. <laughs> I like to talk to trees, okay? I really do. Well, I don't think trees exist, so I don't talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> I talk to trees. Uh, why? Because, uh, uh, for instance, when I'm stressed, I have to give a talk. I'm stressed. So I go out, beautiful trees, possibly an old tree, and I go there and I touch them, I talk to them, and I feel they're giving something back to me. Okay? Am I deluding myself? I don't think so. I think I'm having a relation with something which is part of nature, which is the trees, which is there, and, uh, and it gives back something to me. I remember a young woman, uh, her name was Emanuela, who was often talking to me about her personal relation with God. I don't think there's anything contradictory. I think she has a rich psychology, rich spiritual life, like I have a spiritual life. Nothing of that has anything to do with explaining what's beyond quarks and... But, 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 but your analogy is, you, there is a tree there. We all agree there is a tree there, and you're investing in it some sort of a communication, which I'll give you. I've not done that myself, but mm -hmm. I can understand that. But when this woman, who is doing that same thing with God, uh, you're looking upon it that, that she's doing like you were doing with a tree, but she's not thinking of it that way. She's thinking she's really talking about the person who created your quantum fields. I don't think she would ever say that there's no, a person she wouldn't, who created my quantum fields. <laughs> no, I don't think she would, but that's what she is implying. And you're being a little patronizing, allowing her to do that in the same way you're talking to a tree. Well, maybe she's also a little patronizing with me, saying, Carlo, you're an atheist, but you're a good person nevertheless. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I can tell you about my own atheism. I think that I don't know the mysteries and therefore I tr don't trust the people who say they know something about that. God is such a slippery world. I mean everybody says something different. Many of which I just, just don't relate to at all. In fact I would say most of which I don't relate to at all. That's me. Full respect and no patronizing whatsoever uh, with respect to people who have a different attitude. And you know people might laugh when I go to talk with trees. That's fine. Uh, I, I allow them to laugh. Uh, I would like them allow me to laugh when they go to church or whatever. 
I like Carlo's openness and considerations, though I draw a sharper, brighter line between what we believe as driven by evolutionary psychology and what is fundamental truth underlying all reality. I'm fine with people talking to God or talking to trees for that matter. If they're happy, I'm happy. But such behaviors and emotions are utterly irrelevant to whether God or anything like God actually exists. What's relevant? For one, how a rigorous scientist can be an unabashed believer. I can do no better than to ask theoretical physicist Don Page. Don, you are not the only brilliant scientist I know who believes in God. There are several, but not a whole lot. And most of the scientists that I know, who especially physicists, do not believe in God. So how can that be explained? I can only conclude that the universe, in a sense, is theologically ambiguous. Is there any other way I can conclude? It's not always immediately obvious. I mean, it does take a certain amount of faith, and it, I guess I might even state it in Bayesian analysis that, that the probabilities we assign to hypotheses, such, such as God, depend not only on the probabilities of what we see given the hypotheses, but also on the prior probabilities you assign. And so if somebody assigns an extremely low prior probability to the existence of God, then the evidence he sees is probably not enough to convince him. I think if one's more open to it, to, to, to say that there's a reasonable prior probability for the existence of God, then I think the evidence of the order around here is strong. And then I guess for me personally, I think the, the, the historical evidence for the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is very strong evidence for his being the son of God and therefore for, for, you know, for God to existing. But if someone says, well, that's just extremely, just from the get-go, it's extremely improbable, a priori very probable, even the, the evidence that's there that I think is quite strong would not be strong enough for that, for that person. Evidence is a very good word because I'd like to say that if each scientist, one believing in God, one not, uh, presenting their own court case, each would introduce into evidence the structure of the universe. Yes, I mean, it does depend a lot on, on what lenses you take to look at the problem and what, you, what your prior suppositions are and so on. Yeah, I, I don't think that there's any clear proofs of it. I so mean, when, when you talk to your physicist friends, who many of whom were atheists, do, do they express amazement that, that you are uh, a theist? Well, the majority seem to accept it. Some have expressed, uh, expressed amazement. That, <laughs> generally, people have given, in, within the physics community have given a lot of respect and not, you know, not have, I mean, there's, occasionally people have been a little hard on me, but I've been very appreciative that people have at least respected my point of view, even if, you know, even if they don't agree with it. Dawn's invoking of Bayesian prior probabilities makes sense. It reflects how your preset assumptions or biases influences how you interpret the evidence. This explains how one physicist like Don can believe in God, while many others cannot. It does not, however, offer deeper insights into whether God actually exists, nor whether there is intrinsic meaning or purpose in the cosmos. Though I'm pleased to see a respected physicist believing in God, oddly, I myself do not feel any closer. I've now engaged physicists who are atheists, pure physicalists, and physicists who are theists, believers in a traditional God. Neither, to me, offer arguments that overwhelm. Does that mean a cosmos of theological ambiguity?
Perhaps I've set too simple a choice. Are there alternatives, novel ideas? I know just whom to ask. A physicist who offers riveting speculations, a regular at FQI conferences, Paul Davies. Paul, I would say my own conclusion, because these are very smart people on both sides, is that there must be some ambiguity in whether the universe is theologically uh, based or not. Uh, the, it, it certainly is ambiguous. So there's this uh, uh, long tradition of what's called natural theology, trying to deduce the existence of God and maybe something about God's nature from examining the uh, creation, the, the, uh, the world around us, as opposed to uh, revelatory theology, people mm. having a religious experience sort of directly plugged into the, the divine. Yeah. So we can't say much about the latter at a physics-type conference, but we can certainly say, uh, does the universe as we see it suggest uh, that there's something behind it or something something else going on? Now, I, I don't like the word God because I can. it means different things to different people, and I can tell you all the sorts of gods I don't want. <laughs> uh, and I don't certainly don't want a cosmic magician who... It was around for all eternity before the universe and waved a magic wand and made it uh, happen at one particular moment, made the bang go bang. Uh, Why don't you want uh, that? I don't, first of all, it doesn't explain anything. It just says that the, uh, the, the universe exists because uh, God made it. But, you know, then you want to say, well, why does God exist? And, mm. and why did God make that universe rather than some other? It just pushes the problem back. It's not an explanation. However, mm. if we uh, shift uh, the conversation a bit and say, when we look at the universe, does it contain evidence of something like meaning and purpose? And these are these are loaded terms, and I have to spend a little bit of time <coughs> explaining what I mean by that. Uh, I'm using them largely by analogy. Uh, but when we say, as you hear many physicists say, no, there isn't God. Uh, it's just a, the universe is just a physical system. It's a machine that uh, just does what machines do. Well, a machine is a is a human category, and it's a, it's not a machine. It's just by analogy. Uh, with the human system. So uh, we see in human society goals and purposes, we see animals with goals and purposes, and we can say that the universe uh, shares some of those features. So when I look at the universe, I see it as something which uh, does seem to have some sort of deeper uh, meaning, as something going on, uh, of which human beings are a part, but that falls short of saying that there's a super being who dreamt it all up and then brought it into existence. So I don't, I, I don't go Why that do you, as opposed to many of your colleagues, see some kind of meaning or purpose? The first thing we have to agree on is that the universe could have been otherwise, and so we want to know why it is as it is. Uh, and then we get back into these arguments about whether all possible universes exist. So that uh, under, undermines the argument that there's if there's something special about this universe that that, that uh, is evidence for something special going on. And that is my personal point of view, that there is something special about it and that, uh, that not only is the universe special, but we human beings as observers, as examples of mind, are special. Not special in the sense that there couldn't be other intelligent beings who are uh, in some sense better than us, that, that we're not the pinnacle of creation, but nevertheless a fundamental part of what is going on in, in the universe. So I take observers seriously, I take minds seriously, I take the specialness of the universe seriously, and I take our, our connection, and in particular, our ability to comprehend the universe uh, seriously. And that, and that word comprehend is really important because to survive in the universe, it has to be predictable. Doesn't have to be comprehensible. Mm. We have to, mm. as mm. with other right, 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 right. beings, uh, other animals, uh, that they 
can predict what is going to happen, uh, the falling apple and so on, um, they, they can predict that as well as we can. But only humans have come to comprehend that by linking, say, the motion of the apple with the motion of the moon, as Newton famously did. So we have that deep underlying mathematical appreciation of the hidden reality, the hidden connections, uh, that is the job of theoretical physics. You don't need that to survive in the proverbial jungle. So I think there's more going on than just we're here and we survive. Is the cosmos theologically ambiguous? I've come to love the question. I pose it to those who have strong opinions about God, be they theists or atheists. Any answer disturbs, disrupts. Argue the cosmos is not ambiguous. Then why do all those very smart folks believe the opposite? Admit the cosmos is ambiguous. Then why is reality like that? Some may read a theologically ambiguous cosmos as a smokescreen for a theologically designed cosmos. Not so. It can reflect in the human mind an evolution-selected meaning generator. The ambiguity remains, but ambiguity can engender fresh thinking. How to distinguish scientists who believe in God from those who do not. How to distinguish atheism from agnosticism, and can atheism survive enduring mysteries? Our predisposed biases confirm our current beliefs, making changing beliefs all the more challenging. Meaning and purpose in the cosmos, even without God. I want more. Still, we're missing stuff. Getting closer to truth. To watch complete conversations with over 100 of the world's leading thinkers on cosmos, consciousness, and meaning, visit our website, closertotruth.com.